friends, and welcome to the Paranatural Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Theodore Roosevelt. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt? This is a new show uh, now. We're just going to hear all about the life and times of Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> I liked hunting. Hey, dude, Teddy Roosevelt was a G. Anyway, that's not Teddy Roosevelt, unfortunately. He's Jake, and we are so glad to have you with us tonight as we venture into the deep, dark jungles of Southeast Asia and talk about the Batut Toot. Jacob, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'd be doing better if there was a threatening way to say batoot toot. I know. That's why I love it so much. The batoot toot. <laughs> that is why I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very cute name for a very not cute cryptid. I mean, there's not many cute cryptids out there. Mm. Mm. Mothman's kind of adorable. Not the statue. No. Well, depends on which end of it you're looking at. Anyway. Yes, of course. There's a reason that that part's a little shinier than the rest of it, you bunch of perverts. Quit touching off man's <laughs> ass. <laughs> yeah, in case you're not aware, that is a real thing. Anyway, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Good. Coming off a little vacation. Had a good week off. Hooray. So, I got to go back to work tomorrow. That sucks. Her- Hooray. <laughs> And we got even better news, Jacob. What's that? We're on YouTube's now. We're on the YouTube. Our show is officially on the YouTube. So if YouTube is where you prefer to get your podcast, you can get it over there. And if you're listening to us on YouTube right now, or you know, if you just love us enough and you have a YouTube account, even if you don't want to listen, but you want to go over there and hit subscribe and maybe leave some comments or something, that would be really cool. That'd help us out. Get going over yeah. there. I read 72 or 78% of people listen to their podcasts on YouTube. So come on, guys. At least push the subscribe button and say how much you love me. Yeah. Maybe Ben, too. Yeah, maybe me, too. I don't really care, though. Tell me you hate my guts. I don't care. Every comment is still for the algorithm. So I can't remember which one I was looking at. I think it might have been Apple. No, it wasn't Apple, but... I saw we got a one-star review. Oh, we did? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see that. Yep. I'll yeah, have to go looking for it. five stars and then one, one star. I'll have to go see if they said anything. No. Oh, dicks. Cowards. Chicken shit. I doubt you're <laughs> listening, but if you are, tell us why you hate us. We want to know. Yeah. Ass face. <laughs> you know, I think I know what it is. They weren't loved as a child, so they're just spreading the hate. Yeah, they didn't get enough hugs. Yeah, well. And they I don't like realize to, we will hug them. I I like to think that the Paranatural Podcast, listening it, it's like an audio hug. Yeah. And it made them uncomfortable. That could be. Some people it's just aren't. What it is. They're just not yeah. good with the affection. Fuckers. I mean, it couldn't be because we're morons. That just doesn't even sound right. <laughs> right. People love us because we're morons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, one star. Yeah, well. When you go public, it's not all fun. You don't go back. I guess. Well, I'm going to find out who it is 
and give him a one star out of spite. I'm going to give him a five star just so he knows that we're nicer people than him. I'm not. I hate him or her. <laughs> I'm not biased. <laughs> or they them or whatever you are. Anyway, that's where the bias is. <laughs> so let's let's get on with things now before we get canceled. <laughs> we're on YouTube now. They don't take kindly to this sort of talk. Assholes. All right. So the Batut Toot is a creature that lives in the remote regions of Southeast Asia, namely Vietnam and Laos. Many of the stories that we have of the creature come from members of our military who served in the Vietnam War. And instead of going through a lot of long stuff like I usually do about it, I'm just going to let the accounts kind of speak for themselves, starting with this one. One American GI at the time describes a scene in which a section of his platoon was tasked with hunting down Viet Cong deep in the wilderness. Contact was made and a firefight ensued, as they do during wartime. Bullets whizzed overhead, shredding vegetation and chewing up the bark of the centuries-old banyan trees. The deafening roar stopped, and there was a rustling from a bamboo grove nearby. The American GIs fixed their bayonets. It would not be unlike the Viet Cong to mount a head-on assault. The so-called human wave attacks made them some of the most feared fighters in the world. But what emerged from the undergrowth did not look Viet Cong. In fact, it didn't even look human. The GIs reported that the creature was around six feet tall, heavily muscled, and covered head to toe in reddish-brown hair. It walked upright, or rather bounded on its hind legs, like a person, but moving faster than even the best-trained Olympic athletes. Next came screams of terror from the silent enemy. The Viet Cong were usually like ghosts, but now the ghosts of the forest had seen something that terrified even them. The Americans laid low until the screaming stopped and then advanced slowly on the Viet Cong position. They came across a soldier, torn completely in half. An injury no bullet could have caused. It looked far more like an encounter someone might have had with a grizzly bear. The soldiers returned to base, and only then did they learn that they were not the only people to have encountered such a creature. Previous soldiers in the area had called them rock apes for the way that they'd throw stones at soldiers, friendly or enemy alike. So that is uh, the Batutu. Now, first off, I would like to take a moment to acknowledge the fact that for a change, Batutus are not seven feet tall. <laughs> I know, I know, I noticed that. <laughs> Most reports actually have them being between five and six feet tall. So you got a Usain Bolt Brock Lesnar thing. Yeah. So other than the diminutive stature. It is bipedal, heavily muscled, covered in reddish-brown hair, which sounds a lot like a Bigfoot. By golly, it does. Like a little Bigfoot. Now, that particular story is said to have occurred in the Vu Kang Nature Reserve in central Vietnam, which is not the only place people claim to encounter such creatures, but does seem to be something of a hotspot for them. Local people in the area call them Ujit, or... Or, hold on, uh, 
Guyo Rung. The Zaza got me speaking <laughs> Esperanto. Yeah, I can't say half of this shit. Either way, it roughly translates to forest people. And stories of them go all the way back to the first inhabitants of the jungle. This area is also where we get the first quote-unquote western accounts of the Batutut. Batut. And I found this one on web.archive.com and Google translated it to English for me. It was originally in French. Which, if you don't know historically, there was a lot of French influence in Vietnam prior to the communist thing happening. We oui. So... This one goes, it's a strange story that our comrade Jules Haroy, formerly from Indochina, tells us here. It seemed good to us to deliver this testimony in the columns of Caravelle, because it clearly shows the persistence in many places in the world of strange beings, half men, half animals, like this abominable snowman, the Yeti, subject of so many fears, legends, and stories. On the night of August 23rd to 24th, 1947, a small column of Jerez, Sedangs, and Banars of around 20 men coming from Konmahar. And yeah, I don't know if I'm saying any of this right, so just, just roll with it. A small Moy village, lost in the monsoon clouds, was heading toward Cambrai to reach Kantum. Night walk is silent as possible in this region of large primitive forest, which had smothered the usual Indo-Chinese bush. I think that paragraph means they were walking quietly through the... <laughs> I don't know for sure. Google Translate is awesome, but it leaves some stuff to be desired sometimes. Suddenly, at the head of the column, a cry, or rather a grunt, followed by a sound of flight. Then the instructions for silence were reduced to nothing. So whatever it was, got the guys real excited. Sedangs, Jerez, and Banars called to each other. It was not possible to silence them. Their emotion was at its peak, emotion and not fear. The silence seemed impossible to restore. I called Sornang, former sergeant of the French army, the greatest tracker in the province of Cantum, Remarkable connoisseur of the bush, and here is what assisted by other guards speaking French, he told me. In the silent march, the head of the column had surprised and disturbed a wild man. It was neither an animal nor a monkey, but a rather large wild man who walks upright, eats fruits, insects, anything he can catch. Unlike the monkey, it was the subject of a food ban from all tribes. So, just to clarify... That meant that unlike the monkeys in the jungle, the tribes decided they don't eat these things. Hmm. They'll eat the monkeys. They're not eating these guys. I would. This man, the Batutut, lived alone. Sometimes only at night you could hear him calling his female or his male, but it was difficult to see him. The simple fact of having met him filled all the men in the column with joy. A nasty sore from cutting grass, making it necessary to return to Kantum, to the rare sulfonamides or something in our poor hospital, it was not possible to find a few traces in the spongy soil of the undergrowth, so they couldn't track it. In the morning, we stopped at Kamsumlu, 
at the home of Father Gifford, a missionary with great knowledge of the Moys, Sedangs, and Banars. He confirmed to us that in the north, in the direction of Mambuk, the Sedangs told the same thing, and that for his part, he had never met the wild man. But the stories of his... Catechumens? I have no idea what that word is. Were clear about him. That is the take it for what you will, report that I looked up from 1947. Now, it's not exactly the most detailed or interesting encounter story, but I included it for a few different reasons. One, it is the first recorded Western encounter, and that is noteworthy on its own. Two, it proves that contrary to some debunk-minded individuals, encounters with Batutut were not just GI hallucinations brought on by the combined... uh, Factors of combat stress and the use of the old jazz cabbage. Which is something that a lot of people say when it comes to these encounter stories. Is that they smoked a little bit too much marijuana. And they were seeing shit. Now, I don't know about combat stress. I have never been in combat. uh, And I, I do have great respect for all those who were. But I do know that the Mary Jane has never made me or anyone I know of hallucinate ape men in the forest. Okay, that's a different kind of substance. Now, the third thing that the 1947 account shows, which I find interesting, is that prior to the war and conflict invading the Batutu's home region, they seem to have been much more docile and even skittish creatures. The locals often spoke of them as usually running from people. There were stories, though, of encounters with Batutut that were a bit more bold than their contemporaries. These would accept food from the people they encountered, would come into camp at night and just steal shit, or, on a few very rare occasions, would slip out of the jungle in ghostly silence and appear seated next to the fire as if part of the group. And if you want to talk about an underwear-changing fucking experience, Jacob, (laughs) one minute you're just sitting there minding your business, roasting weenies, and the next minute there's a fucking Bigfoot sitting next to you. (laughs) Like, what do you offer him a s'more at that point? Like, what do you do? I think I would. I wouldn't be able to definitely through studded breath be like, uh, chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, hello? How are you? Here you go, fella. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Now, after the conflict began, encounter stories began to change into stories like I will share from wolfenhaas.com. This is where I found a... I found these stories all over the web, but this is a nice, like... This guy kind of just lists a bunch of them that are pretty good. So... (laughs) As the legend goes, a unit of six men from the 101st Airborne Division were resting in the jungle. Their patrol was made difficult by the terrain and the oppressive heat that hung thick in the air. Suddenly, the trees at the top of a nearby hill started shaking. Assuming that it was a Viet Cong ambush, the soldiers sprang to action. Their anxiety turned to confusion when an elongated head popped out from behind a tree. The creature that emerged from the jungle was around five feet tall. It was covered in red fur, save for its face, palms, knees, and the soles of its feet. The ape thing opened its huge mouth and screamed at the soldiers. Dark eyes set deep in its face, filled with rage. 
The thing was jacked and stood comfortably on two feet like a person. After watching the soldiers for a while, the creature disappeared back into the jungle from whence it came. Confused more than frightened, the soldiers debated the identity of the creature they had just seen. Some thought it was an orangutan. Others were quick to point out that orangutans weren't native to Vietnam. Which is true. There were at one time orangutans in Vietnam, but they had been extinct there for like a couple thousand years. Another account, uh, attributed to the diary of Robert Baird, tells of another strange encounter in 1968. Baird's unit was stationed at a camp when strange noises broke the relative silence of the night. The soldiers were unable to identify the sounds as wildlife or the enemy. One soldier, nicknamed Poncho, went to investigate the sounds. He walked up to the communications bunker, which was located atop a hill. Finding nothing, Poncho made his way back down to his troop. The other soldiers saw Poncho stop, peer at something in the woods, and let off several panicked shots from his rifle. Poncho raced back to the camp. He was visibly freaked out, which made sense when his compatriots heard his account. According to Poncho, he noticed a bush on his way back that hadn't been there when he first passed. Leaning in to check it out, the bush unfolded and grunted at him. So, yeah, that would be a little bit freaky. And then here's another story from a man named Michael Kelly of the 101st Airborne, who reported an encounter with hundreds of the rock apes. Now, notice I said hundreds. His platoon was having lunch in a clearing when a group of eight rock apes came sauntering out of the jungle. The soldiers assumed that it was the enemy, so they lit the jungle up with everything they had. Assault rifles, grenade launchers, and a litany of swearing poured into the trees. Kelly, who was at the far end of the clearing, grabbed his gun and rushed to cover with his platoon sergeant. They peered over the top of the fallen tree behind which they took shelter, ready to engage a large enemy force. To their surprise, they saw hundreds of five-foot-tall creatures flitting between the trees. One large male rushed straight at the soldiers, fangs bared. According to Kelly, the rock apes barked like dogs the whole time. When the ape men finally fled, the soldiers explored the decimated foliage. They assumed that they would find bodies littered all over the scene, but none were found. Not even blood remained. Michael Kelly commented, This may sound very strange to you, but although I had, I had no or little concern about killing the enemy, the killing of innocent animals turned my stomach and could enrage me if done without being a necessity. But I searched the site and but found not a single drop of blood, which totally amazed me given the amount of firing that had gone on. I wonder to this day if the men were shooting just to scare the rock apes away or whether they were really just poor marksmen. The men who'd suffered the surprise looked a bit worse for the wear and I'm sure a few had to wash their shorts out as a result of the unwelcome visit. It really scared the crap out of them, I kid you not. <laughs> and that is a lot of what uh, what you get when you look into the batoot-toot. And then, here, I'll share this one more story. Uh, so that was not apparently the only time that a mass of the rock apes was, it happened. It was not an isolated incident. 
1966, a highly strategic location known as Hill 868 in Kwangnam province had allegedly been the site of a battle between the Marines and a large group of rock apes. In the account, Marines operating in the area called their captain to report movement in the brush, which they believed to be a large force of Viet Cong headed their way. The captain then radioed back saying that they should stay in place and that no one was to fire in order not to give away their position. The patrol soon radioed back to say that it had turned out that it was not Viet Cong after all, but rather a large group of hairy bipedal humanoids all around them. The Marine Patrol was commanded again not to open fire, but instead to throw rocks at the creatures to scare them away. This would prove to be unwise, as the rock apes then began hurling the rocks back with great force, all the while screeching and growling all around them in the jungle, an estimated hundreds of them. Despite the assault of rocks and numerous requests for permission to open fire, the Marines were nevertheless told not to shoot, but rather to use bayonets instead. Shortly after, the captain could hear screeching and screams from pain from both Marine and ape alike over the radio, as well as the frantic message, we're going hand to hand. Shortly after that, the hill erupted in a roar of gunfire, screams and screeching. When the captain sent men to go investigate, the war-torn area was found to be littered with injured men, as well as allegedly the bloodied bodies of several of the mysterious rock apes. No Marines had died, but several were seriously injured and had to be evacuated by helicopter. The alleged battle became so infamous that it was called the Battle of Dong Den. Hill 868 became known among the men as being allegedly so infested with the rock apes that it was called Monkey Mountain, and it is still known as that to this day. So, that's some of the uh, encounter stories from the G.I.s. But the stories don't quite end there. So, apparently, the Viet Cong were, like, telling these same stories to their commanders and their higher-ups. And... Well, I don't know if it was the Viet Cong or the Vietnamese. Anybody, somebody in Vietnam, the, the little Vietnamese guys were telling the same stories. So in 1974, the North Vietnamese Party Secretariat ordered a scientific expedition to find definitive, definitive, wow, that's not even a word, definitive, <laughs> solid evidence of the rock apes. Professor Vo Coy of the Vietnam National University was chosen to conduct the investigation. And while they did not see any of the beasts, they did find some curious tracks out in the remote jungle. A cast was made by one of them of the footprints, which was sent to be analyzed and was found to be wider than a human print, but too large to be that of an ape. Other expeditions followed up on the find, including one led by North Vietnamese General Hoang Min Tao, but, none, but were unsuccessful. There were other times when footprints were found, and this one was in 1970 by Dr. John McKinnon, who claimed that he found the creature's tracks and believed them to be of hominid origin. And the, when he asked the locals what could have made them, they told him the batutut. The tracks were described as having human-looking toes, but being around the size of those of an Asiatic black bear, which are not native to Vietnam either. McKinnon wrote of his findings in 1978 in his book In Search of the Red Ape, 
although he would never find definitive proof that that the rock ape or Guyo Rung ever existed. McKinnon would nevertheless discover several new species of large mammal in the Vukang mountain rainforest in 1992, demonstrating that the region was more than capable of hiding large new species from sight. And I'm pretty sure that it was the cast made by McKinnon that Dr. Jeff Meldrum, who is a forensic anthropologist and uh, expert in human foot morphology and bipedalism, studied and said, yeah, these are real tracks. They're legit. I mean, if, if you care what Jeff Meldrum says. I certainly do. Uh, he's been well outspoken in the Bigfoot world, talking about various casts and trackways and things like that. He's been on uh, Monster Quest, that show from History Channel, which, you know, all opinions about that show are fair. I've got to say that, you know. Yes, they stage a few things, but they also do some real things. So so that is the story of the Batut Toot. Now, I have already covered what a lot of debunkers say about the GIs and Fog of War and the Mary Jane being the excuse. You want to hear the other ones, Jacob? Mm-hmm. They're orangutans. Somebody doesn't know what an orangutan looks like. Yep. Okay, sure. I mean, some of the description is close. Like five foot tall, an orangutan is about five foot tall, like a male. They're orangey, red colored, brown colored, sure. I I don't remember hearing any stories of orangutans ripping people in fucking half. I don't I didn't know they barked either. I'm not sure what sound orangutans make to be to be fair. A howl. But generally orangutans encountering people run. They don't throw rocks. Mm-mm. Fling shit. Maybe. Maybe they do. They certainly don't maybe, throw rocks. They maybe they're s- constipated and it's hardening <laughs> in their bowels. They certainly don't rip anybody in half, and I've never heard of orangutans gathering in the hundreds to attack armed soldiers. No. No. And lots of it's Planet of the Apes. A lot of that can be said about the second thing. <laughs> Gibbons. There are honest to God people in this world that think three foot tall, 20 pound fucking gibbons are what these soldiers were seeing in calling rock games. Gibbons. Gibbons. Those are just regular ass monkeys, y'all. Also, orangutans aren't like buff. Eh. They're pretty beefy boys. They usually look fatter than buff, but they're not like chimps. Chimps and gorillas are buff as fuck, but Chimps are gorillas. They've got a huge body. But they got muscles, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But orangutans, they're more lanky. Like, they got slender arms and then a little bit of, like... Yeah, I mean, they still strong as shit, demeanor. but yeah, I wouldn't oh, call yeah. them, like, muscly. Well, they don't have the... What's it called? The moderator thing... And your brain to shut down at a certain amount of muscle percentage used. Right, right. Which is why they're so damn strong. Yeah, because I've read a lot of stories and watched a lot of Animal Planet. Chimps, any type of monkey can do some damage. They can they can fuck you up, but... Oh, yeah, for real. Unless it's Planet of the Apes, I don't see them gathering in hundreds, let alone dozens. Right. Especially because they're 
they can be quite hostile, especially males to males. Like they're See, somewhat territorial. That's chimps, though. Gorillas, oh, no. a little bit. Orangutans are not like I don't. I do not recall any story ever of a wild orangutan attaching attacking a human being. No, no, no. Hostile towards them, each other. Yeah, like, sure. Two males. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But that's a whole different fucking thing than what we're talking about here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's way different. So yeah, that's that's in a nutshell, that's Batututs. Right. The Rock Plus Apes they, of Vietnam. They did the foot thing. You think they would be able to pair that up? Yeah, an orangutan or gibbon foot is going to be significantly different. Then what these tracks and other other things that I read were described as being human shaped. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that they didn't think they were human is because of how wide they were. Right. So they're they're of a, a size that could very well be human. As far as length goes. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting is I read about a few different tracks that were found in every measurement is half as wide as it is long. Human feet are a third as wide as they are long. Almost universally. It's very, very close. Universally. You know what other tracks are half as wide as they are long? Bears. Bigfoot. Oh, Bigfoot. Every single time. Bigfoot tracks are half as wide as they are long. Also, please don't make fun of me if I'm wrong, but... Don't apes have opposable thumbs on their feet? That is correct. They do. Which is very easy to differentiate in a track. They have elongated toes. Like, their toes are quite long yeah, they because got hand they feet. grab stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they got hand feet. Yeah. So, I definitely like the human-type footprint. That doesn't fit. No. It would definitely have to be a humanoid of sorts. Correct. Hmm. And then you just have so many people who swear to God they've seen this thing. Yeah, yeah. And through, through a lot of time. In an area that is hard to explore. Yeah. Where evidence very, is going to be very hard to find. Very hostile environment. And they oh, said a yeah. rainforest. Yeah. It's the yeah, middle of Vietnam. Yeah, your tracks are going to be gone. That's as jungle as jungle instantly. gets, man. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. just the leaf litter and shit on the ground, that makes any tracks hard to fucking leave or find. I have a theory as to why they're so pissed off. Go ahead. You ever see the traps that the Vietnam set out for oh, yeah, us? Yeah, no shit. Yeah, up a toot toot steps in one of those bamboo stickers mm -hmm. or falls in the pit of snakes or has the bamboo spikes fall on it. I bet that's going to piss a batoot toot off. Yeah, for sure. Which they said that they really started to get agitated. I can't remember what the operation was, but essentially what the Americans did was they blasted noise into the jungle to try and like scare or psychologically fuck with the Viet Cong. And allegedly that's when the Batutut started to get kind of fucking pissed off. And wasn't it uh, in Vietnam that the uh, Geneva Convention kind of no. That was the last time that 
No, they were using like Agent Orange in the forest, weren't they? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's look it up. When was okay. the Geneva Convention? Uh, please hold. Please hold. Yeah, yep, Google uh, pod. Yep, Second World War. Second World War. That was the yeah. when they updated the terms. Okay, but I know I know a few people's grandparents who who are suffering suffering from like various forms of lung disease because of like Agent Orange from Vietnam and stuff. Oh yeah, they did some really nasty stuff over there. Yeah. And a lot of nasty stuff was done in return. So yeah, there's story. the uh, stories of the Batutut. There are plenty more out there if you're interested in them, folks. All right, Jacob, any final thoughts there? I said my thoughts. All right, then. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us once again right here on the Paranatural Podcast. If you enjoy the show... Please do not forget to tell a friend about us. Remember, we are on YouTube now, and if you head on over there, give us a like, give us a subscribe, leave a comment on one of your favorite episodes. It'll help us grow on YouTube. Until next time, we love you. Good night. Get on YouTube, people. It ain't that hard. Love you. Bye.